Good morning from Vancouver. This is going to be a little different episode, you guys. I decided instead of doing the normal uh, Thursday night live event with a guest to start to produce just some solo episodes for next year. I know doing a live event's amazing. Uh, I love seeing everybody's faces on Zoom. I love seeing my guests get to see people's faces on Zoom. I love talking to the guests afterwards and hearing, oh my God, that was the best interview I've done because I got to see people's faces. But it does necessitate being in the same place uh, at a certain time, which the way my life is set up right now is kind of a challenge. And yet there are things that I wanna talk about, things that I wanna make sure you guys are hearing, and things that I just wanna share uh, about my travels and about the experiences that I'm learning from them because I think there's a tremendous value in them. I think that we are at a very unique juncture as men and, and women, or in a very unique juncture in relationship. And so prepare yourself for a series of solo episodes to be coming out now and coming out all through 2020. And this one is on male sovereignty. And I'll get into this in a second. But if you would, if you're interested in getting your hands on my book on Man Uncivilized, my goal for 2020 is to sell 10,000 copies of this book because of the reaction I'm getting to it. Because of how many guys are saying, this is what I was waiting for 10 years ago. This is what men's work has needed for the past two decades. I'm hearing all kinds of crazy reactions from both men and women. So if you want to get a copy, go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. That's the only place I'm selling it right now. I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on Amazon or not, but right now I'm selling it with a publisher or with a printer and would love for you to get a copy or get five copies or get 10 copies. I have one person who's bought 40 copies of my book. Can you believe that? 40 effing copies. So man uncivilized the book or .com the book. All right, let's talk about male sovereignty. Hmm. Pardon my coffee drinking. This is going to be super informal. I was at an event uh, two nights ago here in Vancouver. And let's just say it was a meeting of intersectional feminists. And I was there with, uh, with Mark Groves. And we were watching our good friend Jules Weber speak. And this is an odd room for me to be in because as you know, uh, I am not a feminist and I am not an intersectional feminist despite having a movement, which I believe has probably done more for uh, equality and equal rights and women's safety and women's sovereignty than let's just say most people who call themselves something and then just post on the internet. I'll leave it at that. And one of the speakers was alluding to the fact or saying straight up to the fact that any male in 2019 who's not open to dating every single type of person is prejudice. Any, hear that again, any male, so me, if I'm not open to dating every single type of woman, then I'm prejudice. And I thought for a second, I was like, where is the line? between preference and prejudice, and who is anybody to stand in front of a room and say, men, you have to do this. You have to follow my set of rules. You have to follow the set of rules that we as a group of people are putting out 
And if you don't, you're prejudiced. Right? And I'm not going to dive down the social justice wormhole of everybody's racist, everybody's this, everybody's awful, uh, original sin. We have the moral high ground. It, it's, this, this isn't a talk poking back at intersectional feminism. This is a talk to say to men, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. And let's take that further. So I walked out of that room and thought, huh, interesting. I have very clear dating preferences. Let's say, for example, I like to date brunettes and I don't like to date blondes. I've dated blondes. I'm not attracted to blondes. This isn't true, but say hypothetically. In this context of the talk, I would be prejudiced against blondes. And yet, my, my thought went to, where's my sovereignty? Where's my decision as a human to make decisions on my own behalf that, that I like? For, and where am, I, where am I allowed to have preferences? And again, this is a room full of people who are saying, we get to decide who we are, how we identify, how we present ourselves in the world, and the world better accept us, no matter how often we change, how quickly we change, and, and what we say that may not fit in the standard social model. But men, you are not allowed to make a decision like that. You're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to make any decision about your own life that doesn't fit our way of thinking. Now, let's shift this, guys, to the idea of sovereignty. To the idea of how often, answer this question for yourself, how often are you as a man making a decision out of fear of consequence, out of fear of being shamed, out of fear of, and, let, and take this deep, of like not being considered a good guy, a nice guy, an ally, a good man, or a good boy. There's still a whole lot of narrative out there, isn't there, of real men X, real men follow Jesus, real men eat meat, real men are vegans, Real men are feminists. Real men follow Jesus. Real men never back down from a fight. Real men never cheat on their woman. Real men, blah, 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 blah. And one of my more controversial articles out there is uh, all men are real men. Kind of attacking this. Of like, what is a guy, what, like, if I don't, if I'm not a vegan, what am I? Am I not a real man? Not, not even looking at the... Um, the, not hypocrisy, but the contradiction of either you're a vegan or you're a meat eater. And if both are proclaimed to be real men, then there's a challenge here. So look at how often you're making decisions not out of your own sovereignty, not out of your own sense of I'm okay in the world, not out of your own sense of I'm pretty fucking awesome in the world, just the way I am. Ask yourself, do, is your job related to getting acknowledgement and reference and positive thoughts from the world, from your parents, from your family, or is it the one you've chosen? Is your partner or your behaviors in your partnership just to get like good, good little boy pats on the head from your partner. And I'm not saying don't be kind to your partner, don't do amazing things to your partner, but are you doing it out of a sense of obligation? 
I think that's the word that popped in when I heard that talk. It's like, oh, I'm obligated to do this. And as y'all kind of know, I don't really do well being told what to do on a global scale, unless I deeply respect the person who's leading me, which happens, and that I'm led by both men and women. But where is the sense of obligation in your life? And what actions are you taking to fill it? And is it your own self-obligation? Here's a really interesting exercise. And, and, and I'm not, please hear this. This is not anti-female. This is not anti-woman at all. I love women, love relationship, love partnership. But if women didn't exist, how much of what you're still doing would you still be doing? Right? This is often why I think guys get in challenges once they do get married or they do get in partnerships. They let themselves go. They stop going to the gym. They stop dressing well. They stop giving a fuck. They stop outputting. It's like, oh, I got the prize. They stop fucking their partner. They stop growing. So right now as an exercise, take a minute and think, okay, women don't exist. Would I still drive my same car? Would I still be going to the gym? Would I be buying those clothes? Would I be reading those books? And sure, it's a hypothetical exercise. And the removal of perhaps a sex drive is impossible to, to hypothesize fully. But just as an exercise, I'd still be going to the gym. I'd still be doing the exercises that I do because I want to be strong more so than I want to just have huge biceps that I can wear in a tight t-shirt to the club. I'd still be driving my Tacoma because I sleep in the back of it when I go camping. I throw my surfboard in the back of it. I'd still be doing the work I'm doing in the world. I'd still be writing the books I'm writing. And that doesn't mean that I'm not dating. It doesn't mean that I'm not trying to attract women. But I want it to come from a place of, I'm doing this to fulfill myself. I'm doing this so that my sense of self is full. I'm doing this because I have a healthy self-esteem. I'm not doing this out of a sense of lack, out of a sense of scarcity, out of a sense of need, or the, the killer, boys, out of a sense of codependence. I'm not doing this so that a woman or my parents or society comes up and pats me on the head and says, good boy, and I go, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm a good boy. And if you didn't hear that growing up, or you had to do extraordinary things to hear that, you're probably wired to want that external validation. To want to sit there when people tell you things that are nonsensical and nod and go, oh yeah, okay, just tell me I'm a good boy. which leads to a good, wanting to be a good boy leads to being a nice guy, right? The most popular chapter in my book so far for men and the most confronting one has been kill the nice guy. And I'm not talking about being a, a nice human or a kind human. I'm talking about the quote and the quote nice guy, the codependent guy. The codependent guy is doing things all day long and as soon as he does them, he picks his head up and looks around to see who noticed. 
and who can tell him that he's a good boy and possibly tell him, now I'll fuck you. Or maybe I'll fuck you. Keep doing really good things. Keep doing really nice things. And maybe you'll get the prize of some pussy. Where the uncivilized man is sovereign. It is not an island. I want to be really clear about this. I've looked into MGTOW. I studied it for a year or two. I think they have some great ideals and are very anti-female and I'm not. This movement isn't. This is as pro-partnership as we can get. If that's your choice, if that's what makes you come alive, if that's what's most expansive for you, If being single, if being, well, what is, what's her name say? She's like self-partnered, Emma Watson. If being self-partnered, don't run off and just like furiously masturbate and be like, I'm self-partnered. Uh, if you're actually self-partnered at the moment and that's what's most expansive for you, beautiful, do it. If being in partnership is what's most expansive for you, then be in partnership as a sovereign person, as a sovereign man. As a man who shows up for your partner and says, hey, I'm whole. I don't need you to make me feel good in the world. Does it feel good when you're with me? Absolutely. But I don't have this sucking sense of need. I'm just going to take all your energy. I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to manipulate my own behavior to get positive reference from you so that I simply feel okay in the world. So sovereignty, guys, it starts with you actually making decisions on your own behalf. It starts with you taking time, probably daily, to sit with yourself and say, do I like this? Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this out of a sense of obligation to other people? And, and I get it. If you have a wife and kids or you have kids or you're in a service industry or you're in a service mindset, sure, it may not all be for you. This isn't a, a, a path to narcissism or a path to self-centeredness where it's just like, it's all about me. It's not all about you, but it has to be about you. Hear that again. It's not all about you, but it has to be about you. We've all been around people who are hopelessly selfless and they're kind of hard to trust because just biologically, we are selfish beings. I need food. I need shelter. I need a bed. Just throwing myself on the sword of martyrdom. When you're around people like that, like, "Eh, I don't really trust you. You're getting something out of it. So sit with yourself. Journal in the morning. What would I do if I was independent of the good opinion of other people? What would I do with my life if I was independent of the good opinion of women? And I I know I'm speaking heteronormatively here. What would I do with myself if I was independent of the good opinion of acquire or needing to acquire sex? or having all of my behavior go towards acquiring sex. What would you do with yourself? What would you be interested in? 
a lot of the narrative out there right now, if you listen to the things I said in the beginning, are to shape men's behavior. The, the, the statement, real men are vegan, is designed and put out in the world with a goal. It's to say to men, if you're not vegan, you're not a real man. If you're not vegan, you don't measure up. If you're not vegan, I'm shaming you. And I'm just picking veganism here. I don't care which one you, you go with. If you're not X, mm, yeah, I'm not really a real man. That's shaming. And that's society-wide. It's still widely accepted to shame men into getting us to do what people want us to do. You know, one of the more interesting parts of my job is how often I talk with people, mostly women, who want me, who want advice on how to get a guy to do something. How do I get my guy to open up? How do I get my guy to come to more workshops? How do I get my guy to come to yoga? How do I get my guy to be more vulnerable? And I've started asking the question back or throwing the question back. So you're asking me, how do you get someone to do something that they don't want to do? And this often elicits a response, an interesting response like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And it's, it's societally accepted to ask that question now in the social atmosphere. That we don't have a litany. I'm not getting bombarded by, um, by men. Saying, hey, how do I get my woman to come to jiu-jitsu? How do I get my woman to surf more? How do I get my woman to be more logical? How do I get my woman to be less emotional? Like, can you imagine those conversations, those memes out on the internet, on the Instagram? Real women are logical. <laughs> Real women are less emotional. Like, welcome to the shitstorm of your life. Welcome to getting like stabbed in the back at Whole Foods if you post that. Male sovereignty. It's an interesting point. And I also want to add in this. Sovereignty isn't just from the good opinion of the outside world. Sovereignty is also independent of the voice in your head that tells you you're an asshole, that tells you you're a pussy, that tells you you're all kinds of negative things, that tells you that you can't do something because you don't measure up. Hold on, more coffee. <sighs> Delicious. I need a coffee sponsor. Right, Independent of the inner critic. Independent of the imposter, independent of the negative view, independent of the voices of your parents, your grandparents, your brother, your sister who told you you're a piece of shit, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough. Sovereignty is literally this, needing no external validation to feel great in the world. I'm not quite there yet. But that's the goal. The goal is to be fully expressed in the world. Say, hey, here's my shit. Here's what I make. Here's my art. Here's my writing. Here's my creation. Here's what I'm building. If none of you like it, I'm still good. I like it. None of you want to date me? Not a problem. I like me. None of you want to buy my product? Well, maybe we have a marketing issue, but I'm still good. I believe in it. 
So I want there to be positive takeaways from this. Right? I want you guys to spend time in introspection, spend time with a journal, spend time with a voice note. Start leading in your own life. Wear a shirt because you like it. Do workouts in the gym that you enjoy. Read books that you want to read. Listen to podcasts that make you feel good. Have people in your life who make you feel alive, who make you feel full. Have people in your life with whom you can have real intimacy. You can share your story. They're not putting you down. You can share your ideas and your hopes and your dreams, and they're not putting you down. And if they do, they're not the right people because they're not adding to your sovereignty. And sovereignty, again, does not mean isolation. It does not mean I don't have any friends. I don't talk to people. I don't care. It means surrounding yourself with like-minded people who support you even if you shift, even if you change gears. I imagine that the friends I have in the world, actually, I know this for a fact because I've changed careers like six times. Right? When I was a bodyguard, my friends were supportive. When I went to acupuncture school, those same friends were supportive. When I opened the gym, those same friends were supportive. Started the chocolate company, those same friends were supportive. Started fighting MMA, those same friends came to my fights. Started leading men's workshops and writing, those friends bought my book. Same guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Same men and women. And a lot of people dropped off along the way. But this isn't an invitation or a call to be an island, anything but that. It's a call to have an inner island. I, I, mean, I told you guys I'm here, this is being recorded here in Vancouver. I know like three people in the city. I've hung out with them, but I've also spent a lot of time by myself designing 2020, writing ideas for online courses, reading books, listening to podcasts, watching movies, cooking myself food, solidifying the relationship I have with myself, telling myself over and over, it's okay. Everything's amazing. Your life's great. Look at all the good things that are happening. Look at how you're expressing yourself in the world. Look at the conversation you had yesterday with the random woman in a coffee shop. Look at the conversation you had with the checkout person at Whole Foods. It was weird. I got recognized at an event yesterday or two nights ago. Interesting thing to happen. Still in this little social media bubble. Like, oh, you follow my work. Fascinating. Nice to meet you too. Sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty. You're going to keep talking about it. You have to give yourself permission to have your own preferences, to be allowed to have your own preferences as a man, to allowed to have your own behavior as a man, as long as that behavior is not destructive. Like do not go out and do some bad shit and then come back and say, okay, listen to this podcast on sovereignty. No, don't do that. But just start to notice all the places that you see it's still being accepted to tell men what to do. S 
look and look and see where it's still being asked of men to shift their behavior to better accommodate mostly women. Right? Look at all the articles. Where are all the good men? There are good men everywhere. When I when I see an article title like that, I ask, what are they after here? You mean where are all the men who act in a certain way that I want them to act? That the author wants them to act to act, that a collective group who who contacted the author wants them to act. And do not again take this as it's okay for men to be doing bad shit in the world. It's not. But I think one of the reasons men do bad shit in the world is because they don't feel uh, permission to fully express ourselves emotionally, physically, artistically. We're the producers. We're the builders. We're the worker bees of the world, mostly. At least in this country. So sovereignty, guys. Right? I, I've said this numerous times. I can break my movement down into two questions. Are you leading or being led? That's question one. Both are fine as long as they're conscious. And two, what are your wounds and what are you doing to heal them? I'm going to get into those two in a, in a separate recording. But where are you leading? What part of your life is, is not the way you want it? When you hear this and this ends, do something for your life. One of the challenges I have for the guys in the uncivilized nation is uh, every once in a while, like, hey, we got 15 minutes. What can you do to make your life better in 15 minutes? Go. Right? And guys report back, like, I cleaned my closet. I did the dishes. I shot that email off. I made the phone call to, 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 to hire a coach. I got on a, uh, I, I signed up for a course. I looked up the local jujitsu school. I went and bought pea protein. Like amazing, that's leading. That's leading towards sovereignty. So do that for me. I'm gonna wrap this up, taking enough of your morning. Sit down today and spend 15 minutes going, what about my life is not exactly the way I want it? I'm gonna go throw out some old t-shirts. I'm gonna do 50 push-ups. I'm gonna clean my kitchen. I'm gonna call my mom. I'm going to sit down with my partner and say, hey, things have been a little stagnant lately. What do, you, what do you say you and I plan a date? I'm going to go get myself a massage. Go get some acupuncture. Acupuncture is great. Do that, guys. Lead. Lead first yourself. Make yourself sovereign. And then you bring a sovereign person to a relationship. And that is the greatest gift you can give to a potential partner. Hey, I'm whole without you. Now we get to build something. Now we get to do really interesting things together. It doesn't mean we don't have wounds. It doesn't mean we're not going to be triggered. It doesn't mean this relationship won't have challenges, but we get to build something. Hope this was helpful. Cheers from Vancouver. Again, if you like this, please go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. Please share it and help me get my book out, folks. Please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. I appreciate you all. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this, to follow me, to support me, to support the movement, to bring men to it, especially you ladies listening. 
I cannot thank you enough for bringing men to me and for men for stepping up, for taking the step of being like, oh my God, this is out of my world, but I think I'll try it. Go be uncivilized, guys.